Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the last pre-Christmas podcast. And, uh, well, I brought here Mr. Nick Fondacaro with me today. Uh, we just went and had a little Christmas Eve lunch before Christmas Eve because poor Nick Christmas Eve is his birthday. Wee! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we went to lunch. We were riding Dominic the donkey. And, uh... <laughs> uh, well, it was an Afghan restaurant, so we were just hoping that the, the meat wasn't something exotically unusual, but it was good. It, it was, was good. Very delicious. Yes. I asked Nick, like, did you have Christmas or birthday parties as a kid? Because your birthday's Christmas Eve. And he's like... Yeah, mostly with family. <laughs> so that that's the downside. We did have a big blowout for Nick on his 30th birthday. I still have the commemorative coffee mug. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> my mom made mugs with me as a kid and handed them out to my coworkers. <laughs> there was also a mug with 30-year-old you. Yes, true. <laughs> I have the Or both. technically 29-year-old me. <laughs> I, have, I have the match set. Oh. I may be the only person with a match set. Well, let's start with this. Nick is here getting ready for next week. He's going to be off like a lot of people, and uh, mm-hmm. we have a lot of best of content for In Between the Holidays. And uh, so naturally, Nick's doing best of or more likely worst of The View. They're off right now. Yeah, they're off right now. They've been off. They're going to be, I, be, I believe they're coming back the first week of January. But yeah, so they've been off for a couple of weeks. So it's been a, been a little rough for me. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, we're going to be doing. Cold the, turkey. Yeah, we're going to be doing the worst of the view. Like I got some other friends who write at other organizations that write about the view. They're, they, they're doing their worst of the view too. But for me, like we've, we, they've been a big topic for us this year. They, we've done over 260 pieces about two, 260 blogs, I believe the, the exact number is 266 different blogs about The View this year. Which about six of those are not by you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> we, we did have a couple, in like an intern over the summer did fill in for me a little bit or double dipped into into The View. Uh, yeah, so it's we, we've written a lot about them. And so trying to narrow it down to just like the top 10 worst things they've done this year is just impossible absolutely impossible so like i basically tried to narrow it down into six different topics like sort of like their general nature um so i got this the the topics are they're useless conservatives which is basically that's every day yeah (laughs) like which is Alyssa and anna uh, oh gotcha uh, Alyssa farrah griffin and anna navarro so it's basically their some of their dumbest moments where it's like they just won't stick up for conservative values i believe like the top of my list there was basically when they're all like uh, conservatives need to abandon the pro-life position because it's just no yeah (laughs) these are supposed to be the people that are supposed to be there to be the voice of conservative values to be the conservative on the panel it took them forever to find one and then they decided that they needed to hire two of them and and neither one of them really fit the bill i I mean wouldn't we wouldn't we say that Alyssa's a little tack couple of touches to the right of anna a, a, a little bit. She's she's more conservative than Anna. Like she, I would say she's probably a little bit more principled, slightly. It's but the thing close. is, but the thing is, is that 
Well, everybody knows that Anna has a, an attitude, a bombastic attitude, where she'll fight anybody. Alyssa is a squish in that she's just generally avoids conflict ah. for the most part. And she's just generally just sort of spineless when it comes to, like, trying to stick up for herself. Even just, like, personally, besides the politics of a couple of times she's pushed back and, like, been like, you guys don't let me get a word in and stuff like that. And that makes some headlines. But then eventually she'll she'll... Get her, she'll get him to back off a little bit, particularly Sonny. For Sonny's the one that she sort of butts the heads with the most. And Joy will sometimes quiet Sonny down to let Alyssa sort of vent, say her piece on something. Well, Megan but, McCain yeah. was not a shrinking violet. Oh, Although exactly. she, apparently she got along with Sonny. I, I guess it's probably like outside the show, but like when they're trying to make names for themselves like yeah. on the show yeah. and give themselves a reputation. Like that's what happened the other week when Anna was, when they were talking about Hunter Biden and uh, make, getting rich off the family name and selling that, that Anna was just like, oh, we had people here on the show, and I'm not talking about currently past people. So, like, who else in, who, who else on the show, was their family was in politics famous enough? That's Megan and, and Abby Huntsman. Right. And You Meg, tweeted it out. And, I tweeted it. And, and ta- then? I tweeted it out, tagged Megan, and, like, a few minutes later, Megan just went off on the view where she's just like they're never gonna they're, they're not getting over me i'm gonna and, get a lawyer yeah because like at a certain point it's like they're they, they are like she she believes they're slandering her but and it's this this is the thing when you're yourself are a public figure it's hard to say because like libel and slander laws yeah. are are they're they're stronger if you're not a public figure. So it's like for the Nick Sandmans, right? The the, the Kyle Rittenhouses, right? Like who were just average people before they were thrust into the spotlight. Those those arguments have more weight than M- Meghan McCain or uh, even us to a certain extent, where somebody will come after me on Twitter with stuff so, and like you're, say, you're a semi-public figure. Yeah, like a semi-public figure. So it's like it's not it's. Yeah, like a public figure is not even just somebody in politics. It's somebody that has that would receive criticism as part of doing it's what, what they you do. do. Yeah, yeah, right. The, so the, it's the, the thing that was objectionable about Anna Navarro was sort of like, yes, Megan McCain obviously was on that show and got some book deals and stuff because mm-hmm. her last name is McCain. That's that's yeah, that, we all understand that. That's much different than I took a million dollars from the Chinese and blew it on crack and hookers. Yeah, right. It's like I got this massive diamond from a Chinese businessman, and I'm also now accused of all sorts of like shifting money around and paying and trying to influence pedal with the vice president of the United States. And Megan McCain hasn't been accused of massive tax evasion. Exactly. So that's just that's just some or skipping some... out on child support payments while being extremely wealthy. <laughs> now, so I have to ask you: Is one of your topics then uh, Israel and Hamas? Uh, a Not little, enough. Uh, 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 there's there's a little bit of that. So one of my broad overarching topics is their heated hate. I I was going for uh, as the readers will say that I went for some alliteration in, in my headline. So the, in the in the heated hate segment, we we do have um, Sunny being very very like pro Hamas and anti Israel and. It, she she did a lot of it this year, especially towards the end of the year, and I ended up going with a piece that basically sums is the culmination of all her hate, which was the most recent one where she was defending the calls for genocide on college campuses. Mm. 
When when this is a person who is like Twitter needs to cut down on free speech, I want certain books banned because they say the N-word in them and I want them edited and I'm an oppressed person so you should listen to me on that one. And all these other instances where she is pro-censorship but then suddenly for this instance she's not and says that the schools need to follow the constitution. Like it's – it's she's one of the biggest hypocrites on television and mm. this is like a big – like an obvious – like the most – one of the most b- glaring examples of this i do find that odd but that is just sort of the nature of what they call intersectionality and that is you're you're very sensitive about the n-word or whatever but it's like kill jews and you're like yeah then that's good i'm i'm fine with that yeah it's 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 like one one of them is like you're you you're you're encouraging an action as opposed to just saying something that's objectionable right so yeah was the was the the book banning segment was that the whole time that they were editing the Roald Dahl book? Yes, yes, it was. It was during the Roald Dahl, and I forget the other one, uh, the uh, the other author that they were editing at the time. But that that was that came up during that whole uh, uh, scenario that was that was going on in the news, and yes. she she was for she was for censorship in that instance. Yeah, yeah. This is this was sort of the controversy over something that would be considered. I don't know if you call Roald Dahl a classic author, but you know you're you're taking something that that people you know have had on their bookshelf for fifty years, and it, you make sure you bought the old version because they're gonna mm-hmm. yeah they're gonna try to make it sensitive in the new version. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to think of what other topics when you make six topics, what you would come up so, with. So basically, what the- you didn't do what what the other ones do, which is Joy Reed Joy Behar talking about sex. No, no, no. I, I didn't do any of her, any of the mentions of Joy talking about her G spot, which that came up a couple times this year. Surprisingly, let's of, let's not. Yeah, I'm not going to join the search party she was putting together. So then the other one was uh, this. This one was one of my favorite. They're so. I, I have two that might sound similar to to the readers. I have crazy conspiracy theories and malicious misinformation. Mm. The crazy conspiracy theories are the fun ones, the wacky ones, the ones that don't have like darker implications. Like my top two for this one was when they claimed the Republicans planted evidence, the planted the documents in Joe Biden's garage. Oh, geez. And then they also claimed that they planted the cocaine in the White House. So, like, yeah. the whole idea that Republicans have this secret force of ninjas <laughs> that can, like, break into houses and, like, plant stuff unseen is just they, hilarious to me. They ninjaed in with the cocaine. <laughs> what? Huh? They snuck in in the dark and they cracked the seal on the window See, but and quietly the, snuck in. But the conspiracy theories are... They didn't say ninjas, but like, who? how else are you going to get past the Secret Service, like, unseen? And be, like, you're gonna, you've got to be a ninja. Well, the conspiracy theories are dark. It's just the idea that they're putting a cross <laughs> that's hilarious. Exactly. Like, what? Exactly. Like, Republicans planting those... The Republicans there. are really stupid and really inept, and they are ninjas. There, I also have one here where Whoopi, uh, so before Ron DeSantis uh, announced that he was running, he put out like the teaser ad, right? Whoopi claimed he used the body double for it because I guess it's mostly like his silhouette. And he's like, oh, that could be anybody. That could be me. She oh, yeah. Like, that That is she- that is just stupid. That's not uh, yeah, that's not nefarious. It's just silly. Exactly. That's why like all of these are just sort of silly. Like one of them, too, was um, – when Jamal Bowman pulled the fire alarm, they claimed that that was somehow a, like he got duped by Republicans as some sort of plot to make him pull it. Like these they, things are just what, like what airbrained think, and wacky. What do they think happened? Like you know, it uh, 
they went over to the fire alarm and they ta- taped on the words ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Uh, and one of the other ones in, in that category, too, in the crazy conspiracies was the Megan McCain one that we that we talked about there. Um, yeah. And then in the malicious uh, misinformation that this one's coming out on uh, New Year's Day. These are the ones that are, are so much darker and have like darker implications like. The top two in this one were all about guns and stuff like that. Mm. The first one is Joy Behar saying that the uh, there were a bunch of Republicans that were wearing like AR style, like little lapel pins, pins. And she's saying it's like you're this is like the, the lapel pins or the culture that will allow them that thinks it's fine to wear a, a gun lapel pin is killing kids. This right? is. I think this is the problem, and this is why you call them anti-gun, because it's, yeah. it's they just think that having a gun pin makes you a sicko. Yeah, right? Like, like they, like, it's, they're, they try to demonize gun culture, even though gun culture is being responsible with guns and still being able to have fun with things. Like, you can deal with something serious and dangerous, but as long as you have the the foreknowledge and the intent of being safe with it when you're at the range, you can have fun and have some good times at the gun range. Like a lot of gun YouTubers, they're, they're incredibly safe. They, they do have accidents. Like you had, um, Scott with Kentucky ballistics, his gun blew up in his face. Uh, Um, he, yeah, it was a 50 cal. He, he survived. Luckily he very nearly died, but he's good. He's, he's a police officer, so he knows gun safety. And it just happened to be that a bullet was packed too much with, with too much uh, powder, with, uh, with too much uh, gunpowder in it, and it exploded in his face. And then you also had, um, I believe it's high-speed ballistics or ballistics high-speed. They just had an RPG blow up in their face. Mm. And that one was, it didn't have a warhead in it. It was just a catastrophic malfunction, a complete and utter accident. But again, they, they think that the gun people are just so reckless that we want kids just dead. And that brings us to the second one in the list where it was joy basically saying that Republicans make money and get rich off of mass shootings and dead kids because they just get buckets and wheelbarrows full of money from the NRA and gun lobbies and gun makers and stuff like that, which is, well, they they say this with no evidence of showing like no evidence of any of these any either personal or campaign finances that they're just getting this hand over fist. I, I, I think you can argue that there, there's, there's two pieces to that. And that is mass shootings or, or these sorts of events call cause a dramatic increase in calls for gun control, which tends to spur gun sales. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, you could try to say the NRA or, or gun manufacturers s- get that sort of a rebound boom from a from an accident like that. It's totally different than to say they love mass shootings, you know? Yeah, like they <laughs> mass shootings are good to them. Yeah, and they get rich from them. It's just I like, mean, that's 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 much worse. Um I don't know Nick how much you saw on the mass shooting in in Prague, but uh, it seems like are they it, are they gl- blaming gun laws? Yeah, they, they try to make the point of just like, oh, it's, it's still a uniquely American problem because 
the those types of mass shootings are just very rare over there in Europe and on other places. But we're seeing them that they're still happening. And like I was watching CNN today, and CNN one of CNN's points was like, oh yeah, the Czech Republic has a higher percentage of gun ownership than other European countries. Mm-hmm. And it's like guys, I knew that was coming. Yeah, right. So it's, <laughs> but, but they they won't say anything about like. They they won't recall Norway when there was the the that yes. terrible shooting at, yes. the, at that one camp, uh, like uh, um, I think it was like a Christian camp or some getaway camp for kids that ended up getting yeah that was a shot. nightmare yeah yeah and but they they won't also note that like in place of guns they had like these mass stabbing attacks the trucks driving through stuff like the, a few years ago right. we had uh, in uh, uh nice. well a person drove a truck you're right. we always make that point yeah. right where they're yeah. like a truck attacked a, people. people no yeah <laughs> which we saw them do that with the um in Waukesha yeah that right? how many years ago was that now three or four three or four yeah something the like Christmas that, yeah. parade they. Guy plowed through the Christmas parade and and killed, I believe, five. Mm-hmm. And then, boy, did that go away quickly. Oh, exactly. The but guy was like, they put him away, but the national coverage was like, I'm not really interested. Yeah, because like it came out that he was like a black supremacist, I think it was, or something, or like a, a racist guy in and of himself, and he was like, uh, like a black gentleman. So it's like, oh, this this is not going, this is not going to match up to what we were, what we've been trying to tell people of white supremacy is the greatest threat to the country. Well, and this is where we always say there are convenient facts and there are inconvenient facts, and that's what we have. We have news media people who say. You're not. This story is no longer of interest to us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't match. That's that's what we said. I was literally talking with uh with Bill D'Agostino on the phone today because he's out visiting. He's he's away visiting family, still putting in some work for us while he's up in where his family is, Connecticut. Yes, <laughs> and um. And we, we were having this discussion about Ben Collins and how Ben Collins sort of like has coined this phrase of malinformation, where it's basically this, what misinformation and disinformation weren't good enough. I'm going to make a new one. Yeah, basically the way I described it to Bill is like basically inconvenient truths, like information that is bad for journalists or bad for the Democrats when it gets out that actually shows them in a bad light. Like it's true information that they would just prefer not be out there. So today's example was that the president of Harvard has committed a pile of plagiarism. Yeah. And she's basically in danger of being removed. Yeah, you had Ben Collins, like, basically put out, who's the misinformation reporter for... Quote, unquote. the miss, Yeah, the quote, unquote, misinformation. We'll get into that later, but he is definitely a misinformation <laughs> reporter, but he's more of the source of it. But basically... <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so basically... He was just basically making the argument that CNN and the Times were getting duped into covering her plagiarism stuff. But now we have stuff like going back to like her dissertation and other forms of her schooling and stuff like that. And it's like this is this massive problem that anybody, uh, any student would be punished, be punished for this. And like you had like the the board of Harvard basically saying, we oh, we don't see. Um, negligent, not neg. I don't. I'm trying to remember the word. It wasn't negligence. It was recklessness mm-hmm. in in how she was misciting things. That is not what they would tell a student. Like if a student did this, it would You'd be, be rec- kicked out. Yeah, you, you're you are being reckless because you're not citing the way. You're just put, throwing quotes in without proper citation. That's reckless, and you're you're trying to get graded on this and earn credit without giving the proper citation, claiming the stuff is your writing and not somebody else's. From what my understanding is, she was like lifting like whole 
almost whole passages and pa like paragraphs and stuff. So it's not just like she missed, she put in quotes around something and didn't cite it later. She was just like dropping in this stuff as it was her own, her, her own writing. And I, it's interesting seeing a lot of like CNN has apparently done some of their own reporting on yeah. this, which I just found kind of interesting because they're also the network of Fareed Zakaria. Right. Is, like, Who, uh, let's, let's remind the listener suspended for one week and he only has a Sunday show. So he's suspended for one, one show. show. Yeah. For plagiarizing. But uh, yeah. yes, so yes, that's we should always remind people when CNN starts reporting on plagiarism. But I, yeah. this is what upset Ben Collins because Ru Christopher Rufo basically said, well, our plot here is to take this story mm -hmm. and get the, the left wing networks to do it. And then CNN's doing it, the New York Times is doing it, and Ben Collins is like, ah, you're giving in to Rufo. You're doing his bidding. And what was really awesome to watch about this last night, like Wednesday into Thursday is – or, or Thursday into Friday, right. rather, that you you had people like Nate Silver from 538 who's just like, oh, is, isn't it like amazing how a lot of these disinformation reporters are just so nakedly partisan mm -hmm. that to, to the point where it's harming real journalism? And that just sent Ben into a tizzy. <laughs> like, Yeah, I think the liberals are beginning to think that Nate Silver is, you know, moving to the right. He's saying things that it's... He's off the reservation, and yeah, he's mm -hmm. he's in this thread. He's on with Glenn Greenwald. Oh no, you know here yeah. go here they go. Yeah, and it like the whole the whole back and forth is just absolutely hilarious, and 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 Glenn was making some good points about how like it, it's a weaponization of the term misinformation where it's they basically become these police to just wield that against people as if it was the end one if it was the end all be all or, or if themselves just use it as a cudgel whether or not they're actually right about something they just use it to try to silence people if, at a certain point if they you know if they if somebody was really serious about being um i'm going to look for misinformation we know that all sides do it mm -hmm. both sides do it uh, we know that you know Donald Trump loves to exaggerate things, sometimes beyond recognition. Um, but also, yes, somebody should go back then to 2020 and let's acknowledge the Hunter Biden laptop was real. Everybody who said it was disinformation was committing disinformation. And so, you know, going into 2024 where they're all running around like you know with their hair on fire that mm -hmm. uh, you know that they that here we're going to get more of the same misinformation from the right wingers. And it's like, why don't we acknowledge before we go into this campaign season that mm -hmm. stuff you did, especially in like October of 2020, was mm -hmm. dramatically wrong, but they're just not going to go there. Yeah, it, like we can't trust them to take to be truthful in their indignation about wanting to clamp down on or weed out and correct misinformation when they won't do it for what for when they mess up. Yeah, you know, like we you we can't take them seriously in their desire to be honest brokers on correcting misinformation when they won't do it for themselves. So let's finish with this. Nick, Nate Silver also was noticed. We noticed on Newsbusters this week on Twitter basically said, "Here's here's Bill Adair, the founder of Politifact, who's running around saying, yeah, oh, we can't. We've got to really use the fact checkers. We've got to market ourselves." And really get the the big tech companies to crack down on the other side, 
And Silver's like, I don't think this is journalism. <laughs> so, I mean, this, yeah. we're going into a season. As I mean, PolitiFact, I think we do so much here at Newsbusters on PolitiFact. They are transparent enough that you can go back and say, look at the pattern of these guys. They're, mm-hmm. they're all about, quote unquote, correcting the Republicans and not doing it the other way. So, you know, it is, uh, you know, they, Bill Adair was like amazed, like, the Republicans just don't trust fact checkers. And it's like, yeah, but once again, you have no introspection whatsoever about why that would be the case. Yeah, they, they, there's no curiosity about like trying to understand what your why your opponent thinks this way of you. Yeah, he doesn't. They, I mean, honestly, I think they don't. They just don't care. I mean, I think they, uh, you know, I think the problem we have is people on the conservative side who would say we believe in facts, we think journalism should be based in facts. We would like, you know, everybody to be careful with their facts, but. You know, we're associated with Donald Trump, who's not careful with his facts, and therefore everybody mm-hmm. on the right wing is suspicious and, you know, before they get started. And that's that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So I suppose the question is, yes, for the swing voter, for the independent voter who may not like watch a lot of news or listen to a lot of talk radio, mm-hmm. they're the ones everybody's fighting for. Uh, and And so... It might sound odd to them for us to say don't trust fact checkers because mm-hmm. it sounds like it sounds like we don't like facts and that's the that's the whole problem we have but I think it's people who are paying more attention have to talk to people who are paying less attention mm-hmm. and say uh, they 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 have a, a way of targeting one side for all of their fact checks exactly or, or, or just like being like, we well, here's this thing we all know is not true. And it's like, well, here's them not doing a fact check of it. Like, yes. Well, that, I mean, there's so much that's left on the table, you know, and the ancient example is PolitiFact never did a fact check on Elizabeth Warren claiming to be Cherokee for decades. Then they didn't put it on their truth meter. They did once do one article saying, let's explore what she said. But mm-hmm. there, you know, if you go to the Elizabeth Warren page, there's well, nothing there. Yes, especially when you look at like uh, th- that. Just reminded me, it's, it's all the times where they may not give a Democrat lie a rating. It is like let us explain the nuances <laughs> of their position on this topic. Once they're doing this with Hunter Biden, exactly. Let's explore. Uh, Glenn Kessler's doing this at the Washington Post. Let's look at the timeline. Let's not put Hunter Biden under the thing and say, did he tell the truth? Or they would say, well, he was on crack when he said that. Therefore, we can't really judge him like the average human. Uh, But that's where, you know, if you have to sort of try to explain this to people, maybe you could show them an article from Newsbusters where you should come once, twice, 24 times a day. Merry Christmas.